Welcome to the Start Here podcast for web development. I'm Keith Monahan, And I'm Dane Miller. And we're here to show you how to build a career in web dev. You can find us online at starthere.fm. Good evening, Dane. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, tired, actually. So a long weekend. We went to the Oregon coast and had a fun time with the daughter and the wife and it was fun but it was it was exhausting were you just up there disconnecting or yeah well so it was uh, my anniversary actually our wedding anniversary so we were nice dropping the kid off with uh family and we went and had some time alone and did some fun stuff well that's good always a good time uh always good to get away from web development for for some time for a period of a couple days yes not for any longer though <laughs> <laughs> i mean when you're an addict you can't just let it go right yeah right do you have a good uh, good week yeah we did a pretty big launch at my company and it's not something i want to talk about too much but yeah we had a fun launch of a product we were working on for a while and so i just chilled out this weekend tried to recuperate and recharge a little bit gearing up for phase two the infamous phase two that everybody (laughs) fears right (laughs) because there's always more work in version two than there ever was in version one right right that's I don't funny. know why that is. So were you uh, were you just laying around playing games on your your new iPhone six? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Actually, I'm not a gamer, but I have the iPhone six plus, and I freaking love playing these stupid arcade games on here, like Flappy Birds or what is it? <laughs> Tiny Wings is a fun oh my game. Gosh, uh, there's a lot of them. You should uh, you should look into it. No, see, I'm on Android, and I can imagine that I might get into games if I was to get a phone with a larger screen like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I don't, I don't know. I don't use my phone for games at all. Well, you're not a gamer, right? You, do no. you play, you don't play any games? You know, the, the games I got into the most back in the day were the, the Mist franchise games. Yeah. Loved them. Yeah, I think the whole world fun. got into those <laughs> or at least the whole U S cause I know I did and all my friends did and you did and all your friends probably. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Did you get into Riven? Is it, aren't those the same? Well, so yeah, Mist and then Riven was the second one. Yeah. And that was that was probably my favorite. And then yeah. Mist Three Exile and I didn't play four and five too much. But yeah, it was a fun franchise. Yeah, those are good old times back in the day. Yeah. If I could install Mist on my computer, um I would probably play that. Yeah, I think we've all been there installing like Super Nintendo ROMs on our computer just to try to get back it's some of the nostalgia. Such a hassle. Yeah. And the yeah. funny thing is you never achieve the same level of nostalgia, right? Like you never achieve that level of like, oh my God, because you were a kid and it was the first time and all these factors led up to you being like, oh my God. All I remember is the, the remotes on the original Nintendo, mm-hmm. they were square yeah. and like getting blisters because <laughs> I played it so much because of the, the square corners. So we had a, a review on iTunes. Dane, you wanted to, to give a shout out to the guy that posted that. So we had a great review here, a five-star review by Singular Fanboy. Great name. The review said, I am a software engineer, web developer going on seven years now. I will give any dev-related podcast a try. Uh, And then he basically just says that from the episodes he's heard, this seems like a good um, accessible podcast for a broad spectrum of web technologies that he wishes he had when he was starting out and that he highly recommends this podcast. And that's really cool because it's, it's really awesome to see that we connect with people that are just starting out and perhaps transitioning from another career and they can understand what we're saying. But also this person who's been in this career for seven years, 
mm-hmm. just like me and you, actually, I've been in this for probably seven years now and you will be soon. And, you know, it's cool to see that people like that can also connect, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's, it's very nice. Yeah. And thanks for the review. We really appreciate it. So today we want to talk about PHP. Uh, PHP. Last time, yes. The infamous <laughs> PHP. Uh, so last week we talked about Ruby on Rails, and today we're going to talk about PHP and Laravel. Laravel is a framework, um, I think the most popular framework now, or one of the most popular frameworks. Yeah, I don't know if it's the most popular, but it's definitely climbing fast, right? I have statistics, actually. So it is. twenty. There was a study, and I think we'll link to it here. Uh, in 2014, the best PHP frameworks, Laravel had 25.8%, um, followed by Falcon with 16.7. I don't even know what that is. I've never heard uh, of that. Yeah. And then a uh, f- couple down, there was CodeIgniter with 7.6, which is one of the ones that I used. So where's Cake PHP? Further down, actually. It has less than really? 7.6 somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, then what, what makes up for the missing percentages? Because we're only at about 55. Yeah, I was just lazy and didn't put them all in here. Oh, okay. So, but there's a ton, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. We'll, we'll link to it. There's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. So PHP, been around a long time. We owe, I think we owe quite a lot to PHP because I feel like it was one of the first popular languages that enabled this uh, functionality, this extra functionality on the web. So it was created by Rasmus Lerdorf in 1994 and then released in 97 so it had been Mm -hmm. around a long time right and so that's something that i think is really interesting about php it was created in 1994 released in 1997 like you said and those were really times of drastic change in the web right so a lot of kids or a lot of young adults came online in 1993 a lot of college campuses got ethernet at that time and you know at by 1997 there was definitely a thirst for a quick iterable way to build server-side software. And there was Mm -hmm. um, ways to do that. Obviously, there was a lot of people at this time building HTML sites, and that was kind of like the thing to do in 1998 was everybody wanted to learn HTML. So everybody would like build their own personal sites and they would basically just use that as a way to craft and hone their HTML skills. And nobody really knew why they were doing it. They just, Mm -hmm. they did it. And um, at, at the same time though, I feel like in the 2000s, especially when we had the dot-com bubble, you know, obviously there was a lot of enterprise software written, but there was a lot of PHP written as well. So, I mean, PHP has been around with us during the boom and then obviously ever since. And I I think it was a, a it had a lot to do with that, that Mm -hmm. night, that 2000 bubble and just like how quick people were able to write server side software. So it's easy, it's easy to write, you know, I think that's what's made it so popular is that it's easy to get into, especially right now, almost any web server that you, that you have a host with, they can read PHP. And so adding PHP to your site is as simple as just adding a single line of PHP inside the file and then renaming the file .php and, and then it works. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's wh- that's how I started out in server-side languages was PHP and then just adding little, you know, hello world type stuff and, and then form submission and database connections and stuff like that. So, Keith, can you give us like an overview uh, just to step back for a minute on how loading a .php file in the browser even works? Because you did mention any server usually will accept a PHP file or PHP running on it. So, uh, so how does that work? Yeah, so it's pretty simple, right? So you're... And it goes back to the operating system on the server, 
right? It processes the the language, the server-side language. And it, so yeah. it's the same way. But when you rename your your file, your HTML file to PHP, that indicates to the server that it should run your file through the... Um, the PHP interpreter. Thank you. Um, and then what it does is it just looks... It just looks through your code, and when it comes across the the PHP open and close tags, it can execute inside of that. So, um, well, I guess here's some interesting information. When Lerdorf originally created PHP, he actually named it Personal Homepage. It was renamed PHP Hypertext Preprocessor. But he didn't set out to build a programming language. You know, I know that PHP gets a lot of flack because of just how it was built. It never, it was never intended to be a full language. And even Lordorf himself says, well, here's a quote. I don't know how to stop it. There was never any intent to write a programming language. I have absolutely yeah. no idea how to write a programming language. I just kept adding the next logical step on the way. That is so cool. That quote is so awesome. It reminds me of that Steve Jobs quote of um, everything around you was built by people no smarter than you. Right. Because I see languages like this, and I'm like, oh, my God, to code up Ruby or Python, how would you even do that? But this guy just One says, step at a time. Yeah, one step at a time. That's so cool. Yeah. He just wanted an easy way to extend websites and to be able to embed that the server side language in HTML. And that's really where it came from. That's very cool. And uh, so you were saying most servers on a web host that you purchase online at Bluehost or Dreamhost or HostGator or whatever, all of those mm -hmm. will usually come with PHP installed? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it's super easy to, um, I mean, unless you're signing up for a host that's obviously dedicated for some other backend language. Right. Chances are your your server is going to be able to read PHP. So here's a statistic, right? And this is as of this year. 82% of all websites use PHP. Mm -hmm. Because is WordPress is built in PHP? Yeah, WordPress is a right, it's a framework. It is it does use PHP and I think the popularity of of WordPress and how easy it is to to use it. Um, I think that's probably contributed to to how much PHP is used. I agree. There's a massive number of sites that run on P on WordPress. It's hard to get exact numbers because automatic the company is, I believe, still a private company, so it's hard to you know get numbers. Oh. But yeah, this is cool. So that makes PHP, I would say, the easiest programming language to get server side programming language to get mm -hmm. started in if you are interested in purchasing a host from Bluehost, HostGator, DreamHost, GoDaddy, etc. Even though we don't recommend GoDaddy, as we mm -hmm. mentioned in the previous episodes, but um. It, what I was saying is it, it this makes it very simple. Whereas if you want to get into Ruby on Rails or Node, you are going to need essentially a environment-specific host. Right. You know, a host that says, I host Ruby on Rails apps. Give me mm -hmm. your Ruby on Rails app and I will host it. Obviously, you can build a Ruby on Rails environment in any of these other host providers, but we're just saying it's very easy. PHP is already installed, so you're ready to go. Yeah, and we talked about the benefits of, of Ruby and Ruby on Rails last, uh, yep. I think, in episode nine. So one of the benefits of PHP over Rails is that it is so easy to do, right? It is literally a couple lines of code, virtually no, you don't have to spend any time setting up the server or working with, in the command line even, you don't even have to do any of that. Uh, but let's just clarify, the command line sometimes makes things easier and you can echo hello world in the in less code than in PHP. True, but from from a beginner standpoint, they might be adverse to the command line if they're not familiar with it already. Right. I agree with the caveat for beginners. It's easier. Yes. So it's fun. 
pretty easy to get going. If you're just wanting to, to tinker, then PHP is great to kind of get familiar with the concepts of server-side languages. Yep. So Keith, what sets, and we probably already spoke about this a little bit, but what really sets PHP apart from, from other languages? Is it is it just that it's easier or what what would you say other than that? Partly it's that ubiquity where it so much of the web is already run on it. And mm-hmm. so there's, you know, the ball is already rolling. Yeah. It's easy to, to get on the bandwagon there. You know, easy to learn. It has grown up a lot. So it wasn't intended to be a programming language initially. But in PHP 5, it has more features typical to, a, I think, a real, what you would call a traditional programming language. Yep. And also, I think PHP is entering a real maturity phase and disregarding the age of PHP, which, you know, allots it a maturity phase of its own. P- Facebook has also, you know, used PHP famously for years. And right. the, the reason I think that really brings PHP into this limelight is that, you know, as most people agree and, and as we're seeing, uh, Facebook employs some of the smartest people in the world to solve the problem of how do we fix PHP? Right. So there is mm-hmm. a lot of under mm-hmm. like there is a lot of issues in PHP, right. but Facebook and to be clear, in, Facebook uses more languages than just PHP. Of course. But so Facebook has used fam- famously PHP. And as a result of that, they've employed these people that are very intelligent to sort of fix it. So if you do choose to get into PHP right now, even though on the web you might hear it's not the right thing to do. You know, you might want to try Ruby on Rails. That's true. But if you really are adamant about PHP and you really, as a listener, want to try it, you know, I would say go ahead because in a couple years, Facebook is going to come out with something called like XYZ thing dot com and it'll like totally magically make your php run as fast as the most optimized programming language in the world so Hmm. you know it i think in a couple of years php will be fixed so if you're a php developer you're pretty much going to find just as many jobs i think right well and this leads into our next topic where the language uh, is definitely getting better and like what rails did for ruby Mm -hmm. there are frameworks that extend PHP and make it a truly winning combination. And I think Laravel is one of those. Before we dive into Laravel at all, I just want to mention some of the features that it provides as opposed to some of the other languages or frameworks that that are in the running, right? So one of them is that it's an MVC framework, which means it's based on a model view controller uh, layout and hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And it has obviously an ORM, which we'll discuss in a minute. And that's really important in connecting all these layers all the way down. It also has this system called blade templating. And basically, it just allows you to write templates, meaning HTML files that right. use embedded PHP. And actually, they've abstracted it one level. So you're actually kind of using embedded Laravel if you could consider such a thing that Mm -hmm. so you're using embedded laravel to render php using this really nifty uh templating system called blade and the cool thing about blade is it is proprietary to laravel so what that means is they built this templating engine to be as nice as they possibly can and whereas um in the node community you'll see tons of different templating engines used all over you'll see slim and all these different ones and they're all built to just pretty much render html with some sort of embedded language like ruby or javascript but blade really coming from the the language itself is nice or sorry from the framework itself is nice because these guys really take a lot of care in clean markup and if you just read their docs on their website you'll really see that they want this to be an elegant framework. 
and having that templating system is just so huge. So I, I definitely wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. And the, as far as the rest of the stuff, it, it pretty much behaves as you would expect. It has all the latest migration and version control support, all the latest RESTful routing support, you know, all the basic stuff, right, that you would expect in a framework. So you can basically, as a beginner or an intermediate PHP user, go into Laravel and know that if you learn something, you're basically learning the best practices. I guess Laravel was built in 2011, so it's relatively young compared to some other frameworks, but it has solved problems that, uh, well, like Rails, so it has solved some of the problems that Rails has solved when other PHP frameworks haven't. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, okay, so uh, Taylor Otwell uh, was the builder of Laravel, and he actually built it to solve some of the problems with CodeIgniter. And some of those things, so and I've, I've used CodeIgniter, uh, it was a great little framework, but it did not. Ha- it didn't have a built-in authentication system, uh, which means you were relying on third-party libraries for that very critical, uh, very critical part. It didn't have any kind of a package manager. CodeIgniter didn't, and so, Dan, you were you were talking about how how important it is to have a package manager because it can help build the community? I mean, I I think so. I think if you have a um, first-party supported package manager or a first-party package manager, either one, and what that means is if you have somebody from php.org that really says, this package manager is the one we're using, everybody Mm -hmm. build your apps to fit these specs, and then we'll automatically make it very easy for you to import your libraries into a PHP app. If you have that... Um, then you have this community thing that happens that I've seen in the Rails community and the Python community to an extent, and it, it's really powerful. Um, and, and some people will come back at that, though, and say that PHP has a library community, and that's very true, they do. Um, and it, when you don't have a first-party recommended package manager, you just get a lot, uh, community mm-hmm. of people around third-party libraries. Right. The problem is they're all disconnected, and therefore the communities are disconnected, and they're not combined. They're not working towards one singular goal of making PHP or Laravel or CodeIgniter or whatever better. And I think Laravel solves this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Laravel has the built-in authentication, um, and then it has the uh, the package manager, which is which is great. And then they have ORM, uh, which is Object Relational Mapping. Dane, can you give us a description there? So an ORM is basically a relationship mapper between the models that you have and the database tables. So for instance, if you have a model called a person and then you have a database table called persons, then an ORM will create a layer that maps between that so that you can do um, nifty abstracted queries, right? So you don't have Mm -hmm. to say um, select star from persons, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't have to do raw SQL if you have an ORM, right? The ORM allows you to perform things that look like this, where you could say person.get, and then maybe that will return like the first the first row, right? Like, so there's a mm-hmm. bunch of different ORMs and there's a bunch of different logic. Uh, Django mm-hmm. has some, uh, Ruby on Rails obviously has one, Laravel seems to have one, and they all have little different um, differences in how they implement some of this logic because in, in reality, all it is is a getter and setter abstraction for a database right. with a lot right. of other stuff on top of it. Um, but really, it's just a getter setter abstraction for a database. So that's all you need cool. to keep in mind. Yep. Yeah, and I, I remember painstakingly, you know, writing these connections in CodeIgniter. Well, even before CodeIgniter in 
uh, you know, straight PHP, and it is complicated. Yeah. So another thing about Laravel that's really interesting is from what I hear, and again, I'm not a PHP guy. I'm more of a Ruby on Rails guy, and, and Keith, you are a PHP guy, uh, mm-hmm. but primarily you've worked with CodeIgniter, right? Yeah, CodeIgniter. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So one thing that I'm hearing from the community and one thing that I think that has allowed Laravel to grow so dramatically, because as, as we saw below, the, it's 25.8% of the market, which is a lot, um, is the is the um, elegance. So it seems to be very elegant. And the fact that it has an ORM and some of these auth libraries built in and a lot of this functionality that in other languages would perhaps be relegated to a third party, um, the fact that all that is com- is combined into Laravel itself as a core library is really enticing. And mm-hmm. as somebody who's never programmed in, well, I've programmed in PHP, but as somebody that um, doesn't like to program in PHP, I would choose <laughs> Laravel for sure over any other current existing framework if I had to, mm-hmm. just based on these facts alone. I mean, an ORM really saves a lot of time, right? At, mm-hmm. at, as you probably assume when you're listening to the description that we gave a minute ago, being able to not write SQL is great. But also it has negatives, you know, in the fact that you don't learn SQL. If you put those negatives off the table and push those to the side, it speeds things up dramatically. As with CodeIgniter, it's a, it can be a lightweight framework. It can be very quick to get into and to learn, mm-hmm. but it is also incredibly extensible and it can handle a lot. So you can, you can run, you know, very large applications on it as well as little tiny applications. So there are a few places where you can go to connect with the Laravel community. The primary one would be laravel.io, and I think that's a, just a forum-based community there. I did notice a resource for for videos and learning that looked pretty extensive, laracasts.com, but it looks like that one's not free, um, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but it did look like pretty quality stuff. And probably the best place to start with Laravel is simply from laravel.com. They have a quick start guide. Go there, walk through their tutorial, and we will provide that link in the show notes. So that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You can find show notes on our website at starthere.fm forward slash webdev forward slash 10. And you can hit me up on Twitter if you'd like. That's at Keithmon. Yeah, and you can find me at Dane at starthere.fm for my email and feel free to email us guys anything any questions you have pretty much anything you want to talk about feel free to email us if you have suggestions for the show places you want to see us go in the show uh, things you want to see us talk about so we really take the time to really try to reply to each email we get and, and answer it with the best answers we can and we also do the same with comments on our website right And next week, we are talking about more server-side languages, but we have yet to decide exactly what we're talking about next week. It's going to be between probably Python and Node. So if you have Mm -hmm. any opinions on what you want to hear next, feel free to to let us know as well. Yeah, thanks. And I wanted to mention one more thing. I stumbled on a community for beginning web developers, another community that uh, looked interesting. And I'll just throw it out there. It's codenewbie.org, C-O-D-E-N-E-W-B-I-E.org. And it looks interesting. They've got a forum and they talk about everything that might be interesting for beginners. And they also actually have a podcast, a little bit different format. They interview people in the industry who've gotten in recently. So that's fun. Um, so you can check them out as well. And, do you, and we would love to know if you guys want a forum. I mean, we've been thinking about this community thing and we've been thinking about the best way to allow everybody to interact and you know, we don't know if a forum is the right answer or Twitter is the right answer. So, you know, again, more feedback if you want at forum, feel free to send it.
So thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.